This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. So good to see you. Thanks for being here. So today I am going to be talking about some of the lessons that I've learned, some of the life lessons that I've learned from my alpacas. So yes, I've learned about alpacas, and you learn a lot just keeping them, being around them, watching them, etc. But it's really to talk about the... Hmm, the things that I've learned about me, the things that I've learned that have application into my rest of the life. Is there is there life outside alpacas? No, surely not. Uh, you know what I mean. So it's things beyond the alpacas, but that's where the focus has been. That's where I've done the learning. So the three areas really I wanted to touch on were patience, attention, and I don't know what to call the next one. Grief is what I want to talk about. But so... Uh, if that's a bit raw for you, then that's okay. Skip that bit at the end. Um, but I think it's important to look at that as well. It's not, it's not a massive downer. It's not a massive thing. It's just interesting how my life has been benefited by what I've learned from being around my alpacas. So patience, 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 patience. <laughs> We need lots of patience around the alpacas. They move slower. Have you noticed? Mostly. They will run and they will rush and they will do other stuff. But generally, they're sedate and they wander and they do the little slow walk and you think they couldn't possibly go as fast as they can. So don't try chasing one. <laughs> well, sometimes you have to, but don't expect to get in front of it. Oh, they are fast. So there's been times when... Uh, I haven't done the preparation. I haven't opened the gates or closed the gates, depending on what I was doing. I haven't thought about the process that I was going to go through. And sometimes it kind of goes sideways. Life's a bit like that sometimes as well. And what I've learned from that is that it is helpful to start again. That's okay. It's what it is. There's no point in getting upset. No point in getting frustrated. That communicates so clearly, and it doesn't help when you're working with alpacas. And it doesn't help generally, does it? We get frustrated. It's not a positive emotion. It's not a positive motivator. Perhaps that's just me. But I don't get motivated by being frustrated. I, I get motivated by problem solving. This is something that needs to be changed. This is something I need to try and do differently next time. But here we go. So... If the animals get split into two groups, you need to bring them back together into one. If you have to deal with something, you have to deal with it. So I had, <laughs> I'm collecting brambles like nobody's business at the moment. They're getting further in and getting into the dry, stiff, crinkly stuff that's not just going to snap off. It's going to wrap around them, the long, long twists of, of dead bramble. And it's getting stuck in the fleece. So I've been doing a lot of uh, disentangling and removing that, which is a bit tricky. You've got to be patient in the way you approach that. And sometimes you do need to take hold of them and, and sort that out. But other times you can wait. Other times you can hesitate. 
And sometimes the problem solves itself and they pass it on to one or the other. <laughs> they brush next to each other and the, they're playing past the, well, it's not the parcel in this case, it's past the bramble. So that gets passed on. So patience. The, the other thing, you can't rush a baby. When you're waiting for a career, then they come when they come. And yeah, you learn patience by waiting for the times. I remember the first, our firstborn. Uh, so Lalana, who is a sweetie, and I'll, I'll kind of share the picture again in the, the show notes on the website. You have to go to the website for that one. But the the picture there is of Lalana's eye. She had just amazing eyes. And she gave birth, but we, we had the signs we were looking for. It was our first one, first year, first summer. And we were waiting for the arrival of the career. And we knew what to look for because we'd read the book. You know it's not as simple as that, right? Oh, dear. So we read the book. We knew what the sim symptoms, not the symptoms, the signs we were looking for. They're not symptoms, they're signs. So the lifting of the tail, the visiting the poo pile, the kind of reaching back and nibbling their sides, or cushing down a lot when the others were standing, cushing down and then just lying on the side slightly. We were seeing all of this. But it was like two weeks of that <laughs> before we got to the day. Beautiful day, 11 o'clock on a sunny day, under the tree, just in front of the house, and everything was textbook delivery. And Lalana was mostly cooperative and happy for me to be around, but not too close. I didn't know what I was doing, did I? But I think she knew. So that was an interesting wait, a patient lesson. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's one of those things of learning not to be in a rush, learning to take time, learning to have five-minute holidays. It's okay to stand and stare and spend some time with your alpacas. The second area is connected to that, attention, giving attention, paying attention, being aware. Attention is such an important thing. And I've realized that, that actually seeing how, you know, how they got the shape of the head, they got the eyes on the side and they can just turn their head slightly and they can see almost 360. They just turn their head slightly and they've, they've getting this wide vision behind them and in front, etc. And they can watch you from facing the op opposite direction by doing that like cats. And that being able to see out the corner of your eye is really helpful. It's a good skill to learn. You will find that there are little things in the group that you can see the movements. You can see, a, you get a sense really just from watching how the group are standing in the field, sitting in the field. Why are they standing? Why are they all facing the same direction? What's going on? Paying attention to what's happening and just noticing those things. And sometimes you've got to group view the thing, not just individual. You've got to look at what's happening in the round, in, in the whole herd and just see there's something now is connected with one animal or is it connected with something that's going on externally that they're reacting to? It could be they've seen something, heard something. It could be this windy. Oh, we've had had some funny, they're still not quite settled. I don't know what it is. I don't think, we haven't had the ram in for a, a while now. So they should have settled from that, but it's just, they're not quite, hmm, I'm not quite sure what it is. Anyway, so paying attention, peripheral vision is really useful very valuable. But you need to have a main focus as well. But you, you're watching, you're picking up little movements, little sensings of what's going on from your peripheral vision. 
Uh, and this applies out as well to noticing what's going on around you with friends, with family. When you're out, assuming you're going out, getting out uh, back into shops, back into the big wide world, still feels very strange to me, but there we are. But peripheral vision is really helpful. Uh, not just literal peripheral vision, but that attentive thing, just watching for things. The thing, what are, you, what are you watching for? Well, you're watching for the normal. You know what the normal is? Okay, well, learn what the normal is. And then that is the thing when it's outside of the normal that it will stand out. So the outliers, the the different behavior, this is unusual because they're always first down and they're not coming. This one's always at the back and she's not. Who's at the back now? And all those kind of little things you notice. Uh, it's the outlying activity, the outlying actions, those kind of things. And what do you see? It's this thing of giving attention to what you see. The next question, of course, is what does it mean? But let's notice it first. What does it mean comes after that? And that's a different but related question. So that's that's good too. That's giving attention to things. The The other area I just wanted to touch on, oh, I don't want to talk about this. Thank you very much. Mm, got mixed feelings about talking about this. I wanted to talk about grief uh, and loss, really, and that kind of stuff and losing animals. But while we've been keeping the alpacas over that period of time, we've lost family members. My Both my parents have died at different times. They, they both passed away now. Um, and that was that was hard. And we've lost animals as well. And that was hard. And, and I've realized there's kind of this thing in me, like a reservoir of grief, and that something will happen. And sometimes it taps into that, like an underground cavern with this lake of grief that's in there. And sometimes you tap into that and that's odd, but that's, that's who we are and that's how we're made. And I'm not deliberately trying to hide things or push it away, but I'm trying to engage with those things, recognizing that there's a process here, that the loss, the grief, there's a grieving process. But I've found that with the alpacas, that it's been really hard. Nobody told me just how much they were going to break my heart. And when you lose one, it is really tough. I know they are different to people, and I'm not equating them to that same level of importance. But let's not deny the reality of that sense of how much you connect to them and how much it hurts, how much grief you feel if we lose any. That process of, of watching, being there, of giving witness. And sometimes you do everything that you can do and it's still not enough. And that's hard. And that's how it is. There is a process. There is a thing we're in the middle of here and we have to work through it and walk through it. And sometimes the focus of the grief comes later. Let's deal with what's in front of us and we have to, to cope with that. But don't deny the grief. And, and I actually found that it's given me more understanding for the grief and the loss related to people, to my parents, to other friends and family that we've lost. It's hard, but it's an important thing. And somehow the alpacas have helped me learn how to, how to what? How to cope with that, how to manage, oh, kind of, but that's not really what I'm saying. It's, 
it's something that I've been able to connect with in myself and allow that to be normal and okay. And that's what I offer to you. That's the, the, the lesson that I've learned in life. You've got to recognize it's part of the pact that we make when we start keeping animals, that we will do the best for them. We will care for them. We will provide them with what they need. And at some point, there will be hard decisions to be made. Sometimes we've had to make hard decisions with the vet and, and had to have some of them put to sleep. And that's really hard. That is really not nice. <laughs> but it's part of the pact. It's part of the contract that we make as we, we decide to keep animals. So we keep going. The, the other side of, of grief, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't feel hard. It wouldn't have that pain if we didn't care so much. There's a connection with our animals, particularly uh, animals that, that are intelligent and you spend a lot of time with over a lot of years, alpacas live, living so long. So that means that you connect with them, you're caring about them, which means it hurts more when you lose them. And the joy, the everything, satisfaction, the, the, the great times, you couldn't have those, you can't have that depth of engagement with them without also having the other side of really feeling a loss. So I just want to say this okay. I don't want to say that it's insignificant. I don't want to say it's more than it is. And obviously people are more important, but there is this reality in there. And it's part of learning that, that I've done. So the the question of being patient, and I think I, I generally <laughs> have grown in my patience because of my interaction with the alpacas. I've certainly become more attentive and been noticing what is going on with them, but also around me in life. And also this sense of grief and loss, but also love and appreciation. Those things have, have heightened. Those things I have learned in my journey with keeping my alpaca. So a good life, well lived, is all we can ask for, for ourselves, for our family, for our friends, and for our alpacas. So thanks for being on this slightly strange journey with me today. I hope that's been okay. And if you've got any thoughts or comments or whatever, do let me know. It's steve at alpacatribe.com. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, go spend some time with your alpacas if you can. Spend some time with your friends and with your family in particular as well. Appreciate them. Recognize the gift, the gifts, plural, that we have received through all of those connections that we've got. So yeah, thanks for being here. Take care. See you again soon. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.